Hi, welcome to episode 612 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and they say not to look directly at an eclipse. Well, I think it's all a scam to sell those glasses. Tomorrow, I'm looking right at it, baby. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four, Volume 4, Number 11, from October 2013. Planet Future, written by Matt Fraction, with Christopher Sebola. Ooh, we get that extra touch of Sebola. And penciler Mark Bagley, or Bagley. And so on the Fantastic Four's ship, Valeria is in her room pouting because her dad didn't tell her that the adults all have some kind of degenerative molecular disease. Reed goes on to apologize and says that he, that they need her, they need her help. She agrees to help, but only on one condition, that they go wherever and whenever she wants to go. No arguments. And Reed agrees with this. Ugh. You know, every writer seems to handle Franklin very differently. But on the other hand, every writer handles Valeria exactly the same. She's a precocious smartass who can outthink Reed Richards. I hate her so much. Have I mentioned that before? I still think Valeria is the downfall of the Fantastic Four book. I mean, what modern readers want to read this crap? The Fantastic Four constantly being saved by some three-year-old, four-year-old girl. It's shit. So the Fantastic Four travel to a planet called uh, Celeritas, and when they ask for permission to land, the people on the planet are very excited. They're like, Richards! As in, Valeria Richards? See, this is not good. So they're greeted by some of the citizens of the planet, orange people with pink hair, and what appears to be like coral reefs growing out of their shoulders? I can't imagine the purpose of that. Valeria asks for a few hours in their most advanced laboratory and assistance from everyone who works there. You know, that's kind of an outrageous request. I mean, who would grant permission to a four-year-old girl they've never met before to do that? Well, these idiots do. So Valeria and Reed they go off to work on the ship. Johnny is also on board. Sue, Ben, and Franklin, they get to tour the city. It's a very futuristic city, as you can tell because they're very, they skimp on the windows. People in the future hate windows. So Valeria is about to start work, and she seems to have a big crowd of locals gathered around to watch. Meanwhile, Johnny and Reed are moving equipment around and some kind of bomb goes off in the distance and there's a weird distortion effect flying through the city. Turns out it was a chronal explosive. You know, an actual time bomb from time terrorist forcing parts of ancient history into the present. So an old building has popped up in front of Ben and Sue. Sue asks where Reed and his ship is and, they, and the locals say, 
they've been swept forward in time by the time bomb. Which, that shouldn't be a problem because the FF's ship can travel in time. Ben Grimm offers to find the time terrorist, and the locals tell him to have at it. If they find them, by all means, punch them all, they say. Next, we see the time terrorist, and they're looking at some monitors, and they see some of the Fantastic Four, who they recognize, down on the planet, which is not good news for them, and they know it. Next, we see Reed, Johnny, and Valeria in the distant future where the world is a lifeless husk. Well, either they're in the distant future or they traveled to Detroit. Probably the distant future. So of course, the ship is damaged and they don't have the parts to fix it. And to make things worse, Valeria detects something there. Something that is physically there, literally killing time. Johnny sees something off in the distance and he flies off to see what it is. Most likely it's something that's going to give Johnny his 300th concussion. So Johnny gets to the building, lands, he starts to look around, and guess who pops out? Not a bad guy. It's old man Johnny from the pages of the spinoff book, FF. No, 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 it's not time for that yet. Back with uh, Sue and Ben, they're asking what the time terrorists want. And they say they are nostalgia revolutionaries, obsessed with the good old days, ideologically opposed to the present. Huh. I'm so glad that we don't have people like that in this country. No! Next, the time bandits, or whatever we want to call them, show up in a very sweet convertible, a flying convertible. Okay, sign me up. Any group of terrorists who travel around in a flying convertible, well, that's that's right up my alley. Ben is excited by the chance to kick some ass, but they toss a bomb-like device over at Ben's feet and he goes flying up into the air. Back with Reed and Valeria, they're running across the planet following a trail of particle swarms. And here, Valeria is leading and Reed is following. Oh, how humiliating for Reed. They get knocked down by a flash of energy, and they see a vision from the past of Sue and Ben fighting those terrorists. So with Ben and Sue, they're not doing too well against the terrorists, so it's time for Franklin to take action. His eyes glow, and he uh, seems to be communicating with his sister, telling her to make more. I don't know to make more of what. Reed and Valeria into this big room with some big device that seems to go on forever down into the ground. Valeria says they're not going to rebuild the ship. They're going to build more future. Huh? Back with Sue, she notices that Franklin is on the ground, clutching his face. She's asking him if he's alright. She protects him with a force field, and then Franklin shoots out energy, and he says, STOP! And all the terrorists drop to the ground unconscious. Is that a new power that Franklin has? You know, they should change the name of the book to the Super Kids and the Not-So-Fantastic Four. So Valeria explains everything to Reed. Ugh. It's very confusing. Pretty much nonsense about what the time terrorists are doing to time, cutting and pasting parts of time on top of each other. It's all very stupid. 
Her solution is to create more future, which is also dumb because the future is already infinite. How can you create more of something that's infinite? Reed calls up Johnny, who's flying around with his older self, talking about how hot they are and how, they, I mean, how hot, how hot they can get their Nova Flames. They land, and Reed meets Old Man Johnny, and this appears to be Old Man Johnny before he shows up in FF Volume Two. Valeria tells everyone to shut up and just to do what she says. Ugh. Back with Sue and the others, she has a terrorist captured in invisible force fields. And she wants them to return the rest of her family, or, as she says, she will make them suffer. Just then, Ben starts to suffer because a bunch of his rocks fall off, fall off his hands, exposing the pink, fleshy skin underneath, which is pretty gross. You know, I wonder what would happen if they did like a, a skelectomy on the thing and pull all those rocks off. Maybe he would be a very handsome man underneath. I'm surprised that Reed has never tried that. The leader of the time terrorist tells Sue that he can help her get her family back, but she has to help him. He wants a time travel vessel from them. And the issue ends with Sue having to agree to that deal, which is a tough choice. And so that's the end of the issue. What a miserable issue. First of all, I hate these stories with these nonsense time travel stuff pasting time, creating more future, killing time, it's all so dumb. I also really hate the kids being so much in control here. Ugh, this issue leaves me very cold. But now it's time for... And so it's FF Volume 2, number 11 by Matt Fraction and Mike Allred. So let's have a quick look at what's going on in this nutty book, in a story called The Possible Boy. Is this a story about the trans fish person? Because I don't know if that title is quite PC. And so the replacement Fantastic Four, the Future Foundation group, I'm not sure what to call them, are in a time machine going off to find the Fantastic Four. As always, we have the three former members of the Fantastic Four, She-Hulk, Medusa, and Scott Lang Ant-Man, and Johnny's girlfriend, Darla, I'm not sure why, was Johnny just being insecure when he had her join the team because he wanted something to keep her busy while he was gone so, he sh so she didn't cheat on him? So they travel back in time to the day the Fantastic Four left on their mission, which I think was like New Year's Eve. Things in the past are weird. The building they're on is green and purple, but it turns out it's the Impossible Man. As if this book couldn't get any weirder. Yes, add the Impossible Man, the book gets weirder. So he's found this future foundation, and he wants to talk to them because he wants his son to, to join their school of children. Well, the new FF aren't too crazy about the idea, but the Impossible Man says his son, his name is Adolf, the Impossible Boy. Well, in that case, that's such a great name. Sign him up. They go to the library to talk to Adolf, who doesn't seem interested and gets upset with them for interrupting while he's trying to read. He freaks out, he causes all kind of crazy stuff to happen, but Medusa calms him down, gives him a hug, and eventually he agrees to go, and the Impossible Man sends his son off with the Future Foundation gang, and they take off in their time ship. Meanwhile, the other storyline has Mr. Coda, the fake Julius Caesar, 
teaching a class on conquering a class called Conquering 101. You know, I'm very proud to say that when I was a Boy Scout, I got a merit badge in Conquering. And so Kodo comes into the kitchen and finds it being raided by Maximus the Mad. He tells Kodo that he's going to have some snacks, and then he's going to conquer the world. They shake hands, and this seems like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And that's that. Why is Maximus hanging out in the Baxter building after his escape last issue? Well, that makes no sense. But then again, who am I to question the logic of the most illogical of comics? So that's all for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. <laughs>